0: gonna be still today and know that you are Lord that you are God we just honor you today father for it's not by might nor by power but it is by your spirit God and God I thank you God for your spirit moving through this place and God we know that you hear we know that your presence is in this place So, Father, do what you need to do amongst your people. Do what you need to do, Father, in the midst of your people. We just honor you, God. We honor you on today. And, Holy Spirit, we need your help today. Lead us and guide us into all truth on today. Reveal unto us. Bring the word back to our remembrance what you have spoken unto us. And Father, I thank you that I can humbly submit myself unto you today. Because God, you said you resist the proud, but you give grace unto the humble. So God, I humbly submit myself unto you because I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me, and who has died for me. So God, all honor, all glory, all praise belong to you on today. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I bind every demonic force that would try to come out against us on today in the name of Jesus. Spiritually, financially, physically, mentally, and emotionally, I bind you right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you on today, Father God, that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. So, God, I call for freedom on this day. In the name of Jesus, we're no longer slaves, God, but we're free. So we thank you for our freedom on today. Now, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you that the blood of Jesus have already been applied. And being that we know what has already been applied, Father God, we don't take it lightly, God. We know, Father God, that we are covered right now in the name of Jesus. So I honor the blood this morning, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to come against every mind-boggling spirit that's in this place. You know, sometimes we have our mind where it don't need to be. And the reason why our mind is where it don't need to be is because that's where we leave it. But we have the mind of Christ. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we do have the mind of Christ. So anytime the enemy want to bring, bring confusion to our mind, we want to say, peace, be still in the name of Jesus. Because God is not about confusion, but he's about what? Peace. peace. And we want the peace of God to rule where? In our hearts. Amen? So we thank God for peace in this place. And we thank God that we do have the mind of Christ and our hearts and minds are open to receive what God is saying to us on today amen Amen. let's open our Bibles to St. John the 12th chapter and I'm going to begin at the 42nd verse St. John the 12th chapter beginning at the 42nd verse and let's hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say unto the body of Christ on today hallelujah thank God that we have ears to hear Amen. The word of God now reads. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Let me read that again. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. I want to talk about why do we not live according to the word. Why we do not live according to the word. Last Sunday we talked about living according to the word. The Sunday, uh, two Sundays before that, We talked about that the word will never fail. So evidently God is doing something in this house to let you know that we need the word. The word is your lifeline. The word of God is what quickens you and brings life to you. Now that you're born again and now that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, Jesus even said it when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. He said, man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, if Jesus knew that he had to live by the word of God, then we should know that we have to live by the word of God. We have to conduct ourselves by the word. Even when Jesus was about to die and on our behalf go to the cross, he told the father, he said, father, if it is your will, let this cup, pass from me he said nevertheless not what I will father but what you will we need to get in a place in our lives that we take the word over everything we're in a time now that we have to take the word over everything because everything is happening now and this time that the word is the only thing that's going to last he said heaven and earth shall pass away he said, but my word shall stand, it shall remain. He said that his word will not come back to him void. It will not come back to him empty. But he said it will go out and accomplish that which he pleased and prosper in the thing that he sent it to do. So if he put those words in the book of life, that's what he wants us to live by. So when we begin to speak his word, no matter what's going on around us, The word has effect. The word will go out and do what he sent it to do. You don't go on how you feel. You don't go on what you see. You don't go on what people say. You go on what he said. Because his word is not going to fail you. We go over these scriptures all the time when he said, I'm God and not man. He said, I'm God and not man that I should lie. See, we got to grab hold to that. God is God. He's not man. Man will promise you something, and it's their intent to keep that promise. But when something pop up, man begin to change because something changed in their life. But we are serving a God that will not change, a God that will not repent, a God that will not change his mind. He said, have I not said it? And shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it to you? And shall I not bring it to pass? Wait a minute. He says, Shall I not bring it to pass? It's not based on you doing nothing but believing what he said. So if we can honor his word and what he's saying according to his word, and that's how we live by his word, we're prosperous. And we should have good success from the word of God. Because just like Joshua, Joshua followed Moses. He was a helper unto Moses when they were going into battle. And Joshua was out in battle. As long as Moses held up his arms, the battle was won. So he had to get two men to hold up his arms. When his arms went down, they were losing the battle. So he even had help with holding him up when you got someone giving you truth and telling you what the word says you should hold up their arms you should always be in prayer for those people that you know that are speaking truth so when when Moses died God began to speak to Joseph and I'm just going over a little from last week and he told him he said Moses my servant is now dead, which was Moses. He said, but uh, Joshua, I want you to take these people over the Jordan. Now, the only thing was a change in leadership, but there was no change in the word of God because he said the same commandments that I gave Moses, he said, these are the commandments that you're going to live by. He said, I want you to observe these commandments. He said, I want them to always come out of your mouth. I want you to meditate on them day and night. And he said, as you do these things, he said, Joshua, you're going to prosper. You're going to have good success. And everywhere the soles of your feet tread. You're going to possess that land. Why? Because you're going by my word. There's going to be nothing missing. There's going to be nothing broken. Because you're taking me at my word. So that's what we have to do. We have to live according to the word of God. And as you do that, you will have success. That's a promise. God's word does not change. If you're not having success in your life, it's because you're outside of the word of God. Because when you're in the word, everything that your hands touch, it's going to be blessed. The struggles are over. The blessings of the Lord makes you rich. And it adds no sorrow to it. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are lenders and not borrowers. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed in the fruit of your womb. The blessings of the Lord, they come in and they overtake you. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. Why? Because you're living according to the word of God. And we Christians. Saints. Set apart ones. We're the ones that bring change into the world. And how do we do it? Through the word of God. This is why the enemy don't want you to take the word. Because he know when you take the word. The word is going to bring life everywhere that you go. No matter how dead that situation is. The word of God will bring life To that dead situation. Come on Ezekiel himself. The spirit had to take him. Out into the valley of dry bones. He had to be in the spirit. In order to see what God had for him to see. When God took him in the valley of those dry bones. He asked Ezekiel can these bones live? He said God you only know. But this is what God began to do. He began to tell Ezekiel this is what I want you to speak over these dry bones. Because God was getting ready to make Israel an army. But what they needed, they needed the breath of life to be given unto them through the word of God. You cannot live without this word. You cannot live even without physical food. But the word of God, is over that physical food. So we have to take the word of God for what it is. So God took me to this point. We know that we cannot live without the word, amen? But then God began to talk to me. He said, I want you to tell them why. Why they're living without the word. There's many reasons, but this Sunday I'm going to go over one. He said, because we want to be man-pleasers instead of God-pleasers. This is why we cannot live according to this word because we rather please man than to please God. See, in St. John, the 12th chapter, Jesus had done miracles. They saw these miracles, but they still refused to accept him for who he was. But then it gets down to verse 42, and it says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed in him. It said that they believed in him. But then the Bible say because of the Pharisees, because of the Pharisees, they go, man, it said they will not confess to him. And the reason why they would not confess to him, because they were so worried about getting thrown out of position, getting thrown out of a place, that they rather confess him from within instead of opening their mouth and really talking about Jesus. That's, that's accepting him. 'cause when you truly accept Jesus as your Lord and you accept him with your whole heart you're going to talk about him you're going to talk about what he done for you and where you was when you was about to lose your mind i met a man who brought my mind back to a place that it needs to be you're going to two. follow me. First, you got to deny yourself. And you got to take up your cross and follow me. And then he said, you got to love me more than you love family. I'm going to be honest. Some of us haven't gotten there yet because we put things before we put God. But the more time we spend with God, the more we let go of things and the more we let go of people and we say, God, it's not about me. It's all about you. I know I've been crucified with Christ because you said the world would hate you. They hated you. So now they're hating me. So God, I know I'm in position. They didn't want to get thrown out of the synagogue. Let's talk about the house of God. We got people knowing what's being taught is wrong, but because we hold a position because who's in the house, we rather hold that position and get the spirit of error instead of being taught the spirit of truth. Or we'd rather stay in that house because that's where my mother went. That's where my father went. That's where my grandparents went. This is where the whole family go. Sometimes they tell it right and sometimes they don't. But this is where I belong. The devil is a liar. Because you denying Christ while you sitting there, listen to the spirit of error. Because of your position. Because I'm getting ready to get ordained. Or they're getting ready to make me a deacon. I don't want to do what the words tells me to do. Because if I do it, they're going to look at me differently. They're supposed to. You're supposed to be different. You're in the world. But you're not of the world. And we're letting the world in the church. We're doing what the world do. Just because the world does it, that does not mean that we do it. We bring change to the world so they can see the light of God coming from you. So then Jesus began to say, he said the reason why it's like this, because they want to be more recognized by man. They want to be more esteemed by man. They want man to see them. So they don't want the praise of God. They want the praise of man. We exalt man more than we exalt God. And if it wasn't wasn't for God, we wouldn't be here. That's how I know people really don't know who they are. You don't know that if it wasn't for Jesus laying down his life, you wouldn't be doing what you do. So this is why we have to go into the word and live according to the word, So we can be whom God has called us to be. When you make it about you, when you make it about hear me, see me, and be attached to me, you have come out of the word. You're living according to the world and not according to God. We got these performance mentalities. I have to perform in order to get something from God. See, the Pharisees was trying to keep all of the law. And trying to keep all of the law means that if you didn't do like the Pharisees done, then guess what? You wouldn't make it into the kingdom. So they were trying to honor the Pharisees' way instead of honoring God's way. We're doing that in the church. We got a performance mentality. I have to do this to get this. If I don't act this certain way, then I won't be a part of this group. That's a performance mentality. But when you know what Christ have done for you, Performance days are over. Jesus did the performance for you. He kept all of the law. He fulfilled the law. That way, we don't have to perform no more to get anything from God. We just believe. So, we see in this that He said, We love the praises of men more than we love the praises of God. Come on, we see it on the job. We perform well, we get a raise. You don't perform well, you don't get a raise. But guess what? In the kingdom, I don't have to do nothing but believe. Isn't that wonderful? So if I'm in the kingdom and I'm honoring God more than I'm honoring man, meaning that if I honor him, guess what? Then I'm going to honor man. Because I'm doing my work unto God and not unto man. See, even on your job, you don't look to man. You still look to God. And when you work on your job, God has blessed the works of your hands. So you know it's going to prosper. So you ain't trying to do double to get something. you just doing what the word of God tell you. Because he said, promotion don't come from the east nor from the west. It comes from God. So what I do, I don't do it to please man. I do it because the word of God tells me to do it. We are wearing ourselves out trying to please men. Let me go somewhere. Husbands and wives, you wear yourself out trying to please each other. Husband don't like it this way. Wife don't like it that way. But when you get into the word of God and you study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not to be ashamed. But rightfully, dividing the word of truth, you're going to do it God's way and no other way. See, you can't even love your husband without the love of God. See, the love we have is a lust love. Because that love began to change. When the woman don't do like the man want him to do, see, love just dropped a little bit. At first it was way up here. It's a meter. That say love. It was way up here. The woman don't cook or clean like she's supposed to. It's steady dropping. The man don't mow the lawn like he's supposed to or do his daily duties. It's steady dropping. But in the kingdom, I can act up, be told up, don't do what I'm supposed to do, and love still prevails. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. So that's the kind of love that I want. I want a love that don't look at what I do or what I don't do. I want a love that loves me for who I am. And you cannot love each other without having the love of God shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Ghost. This is why we needed a Savior. Come on, when somebody make you mad, you don't love them no more. You just like them. Then you don't like them no more. You hate them. And you say. Don't want to hear their name. But we're Christians. But we're saints. That's why we have to stay in the word. We got to know what the word is saying. Come on. Do I feel like the enemy want me to hate people sometime? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But by me being in the word, God said, love those. That hate you. You know they hate you. But God said I want you to love them anyway. And I said God I can't do it. He said I know you can't do it. But the love I have in you can. See we got a problem saints. Because when you can't love your enemies. You don't know the love of God. Because all of us was enemies to God. But because of Jesus. Jesus reconciled us. Unto God, because we were separated from him. So if we're in the word the way we need to be, half of this mess that's going on in the house of God wouldn't be going on. Amen. Because if we got on against our brother and sister, we're going to do what the word say, and you don't have to pray over it. Come on now. Because if you read it, just do. do it. The Bible said here. But guess what we don't do? Men please us and not God please Because if I go to them, they ain't going to like me no more. Quit trying to please man and spend more time in your word so you can hear what God has to say so you can go to man. And you can go to man with love in your heart and not having hate. You know, some of us go to people and we apologize, but we really don't mean it. We do it because somebody told us to do it, but we don't do it because we really want to do it. This is why God has given you the Holy Spirit to help you when you don't want to do what you should be doing. You say, Holy Spirit, you got to help me with this? Because I really don't want to go to that one. You know how he helps me? He testifies to truth. He tells me what the Word of God told me in the beginning. So I have to take the Word of God And once I take the word of God, I'm living by what the word is saying. Oh, y'all, we need some help. That's why we got to call on the Holy Spirit. Then the Lord began to show me something else about being a man pleaser. In Galatians, the second chapter, this was Paul and this was Peter. And y'all know back in the book of Acts, the 10th chapter, um, Jesus talked to Peter. When Peter was hungry, he was waiting on his food and he went to lie down and all of a sudden when he went to lie down we know that God began to speak to Peter and he began to tell Peter to eat and he was showing him these these beasts these animals and Peter said no I'm not eating anything that's unclean and basically God was telling him everything that he created was clean amen but Peter at this time He was getting it mixed up. What God was telling him, that his grace is for the Gentiles as well as the Jews. God has no respectable person, y'all. So Peter, when he heard the message, he went to Cornelius' house. I believe Cornelius was in Acts 10, right? Was it 10? Let's go look at it. I don't want to tell you nothing wrong. Because you know how people is... Men please us. They say she done quote it. The scriptures all wrong. You don't need to listen to her. There ain't anywhere it was. Acts 10, is that it? So we know what happened with Peter. God allowed him to eat with the Gentiles. They would not eat with the Gentiles, wouldn't have nothing to do with the Gentiles. But he sent him to Cornelius. And Cornelius then began to accept the way of the Lord through Jesus Christ. Amen. So when we look in Galatians, the second chapter, Peter and Paul was there, and you had some um, Jews that was there that was still up under the law of Moses, and being that they were there, Peter began to be a hypocrite. Now, Peter accepted what the Gentiles, he ate with them, he fellowship with them, but when some important folks come in, the ones that believed in um, circumcision, and not uncircumcision, he began to change he began to go on the side with the important folk. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Miracle Temple, y'all know what I'm talking about. You getting taught truth, but when some important folks come before you, like Bishop Tulu and this one Lou and this prophet, and they're telling you this is what you got to do the end of the kingdom, but you knew you were saved by grace, and the only thing you got to do is accept what Jesus done. All of a sudden, you forget the gospel of the kingdom, And you're going back under the law of Moses. Why? Because you want to be accepted by the important folk. But see, there's a problem. When you know truth, I don't care how important they are, you stand for truth. You do not deny truth because of a title. You still stand on what the word is saying outside And what they want you to do. So what did Paul do? Paul rebuked him. Come on. Peter was an apostle. Paul was an apostle. Paul didn't care about no title. Only thing Paul cared about was the word. And what the word had to say. So even the one that followed Paul. Barnabas. He even fell for those things. And he was following Paul. And he was the one teaching on grace with Paul. Come on somebody. Him and Paul was a team, but soon as important folks come in the room, the ones that said you got to be circumcised, you got to live by the law of Moses, even Barnabas went with them. Paul said, I'm not changing. Just because they changed don't mean that I have to change because this is what he said. So Paul brought correction unto Peter and guess what? By Paul bringing correction unto Peter, guess what happened? They were in a place with those Gentiles. And Paul began to speak the truth that he always have spoken because they wanted to change the Gentiles' minds, making them think, this is what you got to do to make it into the kingdom. This is what you got to do in order for God to give you something. And Paul began to break it down unto them because Paul said, you're no longer up under the law. The law was your schoolmaster. See, this is the problem, y'all. If we're going to be up under law, you got to obey all the law. Every law that God put down, you got to obey it. You can't even miss one. If you miss one, you broke them all. So they were trying to put them back up under the law, but Paul was bringing truth. And this is what Paul had told them. He said that the law... Wherefore, the law was your schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. So he had to bring truth back to those Gentiles. Why? Because they were giving them another gospel. And they were telling them, this is what you have to live by. So we have to understand that once we get into the word of God, get into the word of truth, you don't let people change you because of their title. You always stand for what's right, regardless if you're going to be persecuted, regardless if you're going to be talked about, because when you stand before God, he's going to ask you, what did you do with what I placed in your hand? And Miracle Temple, we learn that he has made us stewards over the gospel. He has made us stewards over the word of God, so we have to go present nothing but the truth which comes from the gospel of the kingdom. We have to present it God's way and not man's way because it changed. We're no longer under the law. We're under grace. And just because we're under grace, do we continue in sin? God forbid But people think because they're up under grace, they can flash the grace card and continue to do what they do. But when you recognize you have a new nature on the inside of you, and that old nature that drove you to sin has been crucified, you don't want to do what you used to do. Why? Because that nature that's on the inside of you is letting you know who you are. Man pleases. And not God pleases. God wants us to take his word for what it is. So we saw, we have seen in the word of God, where we look at man more than we look at God. And when we look at man more than we look at God, that's our idol. That's who we, that's who we want to bless us. We look into man to bless us and they're not able to do that. God has already done that through Jesus Christ. Then God began to show me someone else in the Bible. Y'all remember this one well. Oh, Saul. Y'all remember when the people saw the other nations have kings. And because the other nations had kings, they wanted a king. But they had king of kings. They had lord of lords. Israel had the best. But they didn't even know really what they had. Because if they really knew what they had, they wouldn't be asking for a king. So God was telling Sam, you give them what they want. See, sometimes God will give you what you want to allow you to see what you got. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Sometimes we want to have these things in our lives or have those things in our lives. We want to have certain people in our lives that God says separate from those people. But because you didn't want to separate, you getting yourself into something that you should not have gotten yourself into. Come on, we're getting into situations instead of trusting God before we trust those situations. But now we got to go through those situations. But one thing I love about my God, he don't leave you alone, even in the situation, but you're still going through the situation. God don't want us to mess up. Guess why? He gave us the Holy Spirit to help us. So here goes Saul. Saul got anointed king. And when Saul got anointed king, God had given him something to do. He said, I want you to go kill all the Amalekites. I want you to literally destroy all of them. That means the women, the children, everything. I want you to literally destroy it. So you know what old Saul did? <laughs> Y'all, he brought the king out. Now, if you bring the king out, he's going to have another kingdom. So he thought he was doing some good stuff. He bought the good of the spoils, bought all this out. But then Samuel, then God began to tell Samuel, which was the prophet, what Saul had done. So Samuel had to go to Saul. Do you know what Saul had the audacity to say? In verse 24, 1 Samuel sixteen twenty-four, he said, And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. Duh. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord. Can I ask y'all a question? Why do we want to say we sin after we done done what we want to do? You knew you were sinning before you done it. But now when a prophet or somebody, yes, I've sinned. I've done the act. And thy words, he said, the commandments of the Lord and thy words. Listen why he did it. Because I feared the people. And obeyed their voice. So they wanted, he wanted the praise of men more than he wanted the praise of God. He said, I fear the people. How many of us fear people more than we fear God? We honor people more than we honor God. Because whatever man say and it's outside of the will of God, we do it because we feel like we're going to be rejected from man if we don't do it. They're gonna reject me if I don't do like they want me to do. If they don't, if I don't go to this party, if I don't date at this certain age, if I don't get married at this certain age, I'm gonna be a reject in society because I'm supposed to be at this point at this age. Who told you that? Who told you? That's what God asked Adam and Eve. Who told you you were naked? Societies say they give you age limit on certain things. If you ain't done this by this age, they tell you this is what happens to you. But if you in the word of God, you do it according to when God tells you to do it. Because guess what? It may take a woman 30 or 40 years or longer to get ready for a mate. Might take a man even longer than that. Because if you're in a home and you're not raised the right way, God said you got to get over you before you move in with something. Look at somebody say, I ain't ready to get over me yet. I love myself some me. It's all about me, myself, and I. God know what you need and when you need it. And all of us have issues. So why we want to take our issues and bring them to somebody else? And then we got some mess. You can't even take care of you. How are you going to take care of somebody? Come on, y'all know y'all apostle preach on this all the time. It's just in the message the message we always say what we are ready for I'm ready to work you don't do nothing at home how you ready to get in the real world and you don't even clean your room help me somebody that ain't gonna last long I'm ready I'm ready to do what God tell me to do that starts at home baby Because if you can't get your house right, we got novice in the church. And we got people ordaining novice in the church. Because they know the word. That's what they say. I know a lot of things. (laughs) But that don't mean I do it. So they picked themselves some salt. And God even told them this is what's going to happen with the king that you have. You're going to have to pay this king now. The king going to end up taking stuff from you. Wow. Why? Because we want to be a man pleaser and not a God pleaser. So we see even with Saul here, he was so afraid of the people. I'm talking first about pulpit. We got some pulpit preachers yeah. that's so afraid that the people are going to throw them out the church that they'd rather not talk about Living right They don't want to talk about, see they'll tell you about grace. Everybody remember grace, amen? We remember God died for you when you didn't deserve for him to die. But there's a conclusion to that. We want to tell them that since you know about grace and what grace done for you and you have a new nature in you, then nobody should have to tell you to turn away from that. Because the nature that's in you ain't going to have that. Come on, somebody. The nature that's in me hates sin. You know how I know it? Because God is in me. So what I used to do in the world, I don't do it now that I'm in Christ. Because that nature don't allow me to do it. See, when you have that sin nature in you, guess what that sin nature did? It made the law of God come alive. Meaning that when the commandment told you not to do this, that sin nature in you told you, drove you to do what you're doing. But now, the nature that's in you, ain't no way you could do something outside of what he died for. Not unless you choose to. Come on, y'all. God gave us a choice. Don't y'all wish sometime God just didn't give us that? (laughs) God, just let me live in paradise. Don't give me the right to choose. <laughs> but he gave us the right to choose. He made that right in the Garden of Eden. He said, don't eat from that tree. He gave them the right to see if they were going to choose him over the tree. What did they chose? The tree. So we make wrong choices. But thank God that Jesus paid the price for past, present, and future sin. Because he know we all will mess up. Even when you thought wrong back then, you, you died. Our thinking is corrupt. Jesus even um, let us know, even when they were saying that if a man lay with a woman, he's committed, what, adultery? But then Jesus even brought it out more. This is why he brought it out this way. He brought it out this way to let us know we could not keep the law. He said, even if you lust after a woman, in your heart, you already committed adultery. He said, so you need me. <laughs> Come on, y'all. You need me, because guess what? It's some lusting women, and it's some lusting men, and you married now. Uh-huh. Look out. Look out. Got eyes looking in the back of your head. know when a woman walked by and scared to even flinch. Come on, God, know you're already lusting. And guess what he said? I don't forgave you for that because I knew you trying to make eyes in the back of your head. You just need to go into the word of God and you need to renew your mind. Come on, I'm going to help somebody. Don't say you don't take a peek. And that one peek can mess you up. That's why he tell us in the word, flee fornication. People say everybody needs somebody some of the time. You better watch what you need. We need Jesus. He knew we needed him. That's why he died on our behalf. So we can have him. Because we can't even go to the father without Jesus. The only way you can even go to the father. guess what? You ain't going. He is. His mercy. His blood is on the, it ain't yours. The final sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ, the blood that's on the mercy seat, when God see Jesus' blood, he said, oh, I can't mess with he see He don't even see me. Amen. He don't see me at all. Because mercy, God's mercy did something for us we didn't deserve. We deserve wrath. We deserve judgment. But God said, I'm going to give you my mercy instead. I'm going to give you my compassion. I'm going to give you my pity. But it comes through Jesus Christ. He said, guess what? I'm going to give you new mercy every morning. He said, because I know you're going to mess up. So I'm just going to give you some new mercy every day. So you're not being healed. You're not being delivered. that Jesus paid for that. So if you mess up, God's still healed. If you mess up, God's still delivered. That's just what his love does. So God don't grade on the curve, y'all. You know how we do? We'll go to God and say, God, I believe the reason why I'm still sick in my body is because I'm fornicating. Well, that fornicating is stopping you from getting what God's already provided, but healing is already yours in spite of what you do. Y'all didn't know that? Now, am I telling you to keep fornicating? No, because if you keep fornicating, you're going to end up with something. But what I'm saying is, the blood washed away that. So when you know what the blood has done for you, then it will keep you from going back to what you were doing. So when you think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he done for you, you don't want to go back and live the same life that you lived before. Come on, y'all. We have no more excuses because sin has been dealt with. Through Jesus Christ, your sin is not stopping you from getting to heaven. Rejecting what Jesus done on your behalf is what's stopping you because he paid the price. All of the sin fell on him. Your sin, your sicknesses. So let's quit this mess. I got to get over this before he do this. The devil is a liar. He's already done it. He's already paid the price. What happens is whom you yield your members to, that's whom you obey. So when you yield your members to sin, you're going to obey sin when sin have no more dominion over you. And the enemy know as long as you bowing down to me, I have inro into your life. So you allowing death to come into your life, even though you have life. This is why we have to live according to the word. You have to have the word of God to renew your mind, to let you know who you are now that you're in Christ, so you can live your life according to who you are. Don't don't live without the word. Some of us right now don't even barely pick it up. Then when we get into it, it's when trouble's in our life. And now we're trying to find a scripture for the trouble. But God wants us to always get into the word of God. So we look at Saul and what Saul did. Saul was disobedient to what God said because he wanted to please a man instead of pleasing God. Then God began to show me a prophet in the Bible. We went over this one 1 Kings 13. God sent a prophet to Jeroboam. And Jeroboam um, was doing things, he was, you know, worshiping um, idols. So God sent a prophet to him to tell him what would happen to that altar that he was doing his sacrifices on. Jeroboam said, lay hold of him. See, this is this is people get mad. When you bring truth to them, they want to lay hold of you. They want to they just take you out. People want to take me out many times. It's all right. Because I know who I am and I know who I belong to. See, you don't have a lot of, I'll put it this way, you don't have a lot of Christian friends when you tell the truth. You know why you don't have a lot of Christian friends? Because they ain't gave their whole heart to Jesus. Anybody that give their whole heart to Jesus, when they hear the truth, they'll say amen. It is so. They won't feel condemned. They just say, God, that's just an area in my life that I need to work on more. And I know with the help of the Holy Spirit, I can work on that area. So this was a prophet. So this prophet began to tell Jeroboam what the word of the Lord was saying. So when he told Jeroboam, and Jeroboam said, lay hold of him. Thank God for protection. When he got ready to lay hold, reached out his hand. Guess what happened to that hand? <laughs> Something happened to the hand. But then he asked the man of God, pray for my hand. So he prayed for his hand, and his hand was restored, right? So then he said, come to my house. Let me give you a reward. He said, if you gave me half, Who does this? (laughs) If you gave me half of the kingdom, I would not come to your house. Christian folks, let's just be honest. We go and do what God tells us to do and somebody say, come in, let me give you a reward. Let me give you about 500,000. I'll be there in a minute. (laughs) Come on, help me somebody. Let's just be honest. We got a way to go. Come on, I'll be sitting there. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I need to hear you right now, Jesus. (laughs) Come on, $500,000. Come on. Y'all act like y'all ain't the only one. Just say, Lord, I haven't gotten there yet. So he said, if you gave me half of the kingdom, he said, I wouldn't come with you because the Lord told me not to eat nor to drink in in this place. He said, nor go back the way which I came. So he left. Come on, you know he loved Jesus. He loved God. But then the prophet, there was another prophet. His sons heard about this. They went home and told him. So what he did, he went to this other prophet and he said, I'm a prophet also, and <laughs> This is what's happening to the church. Every prophet that come in town. This is how we think. Our mentality. Prophet coming in town. Maybe they can tell me if I'm, when I'm going to get married. Maybe they can tell me if, if my debt is going to be paid. Maybe they can tell me if I'm going to be healed. Let's go see this prophet. So this prophet told him. He said, I'm a prophet also. And the angel of the Lord um, come to me and told me to tell you to come home and eat and drink with me. Lying prophet. He said, okay. Now, he wouldn't take the reward of Jeroboam. Jeroboam was a wicked man. Right? He was out of place. So he he turned away from that. But then somebody of his equal, prophet to prophet, the angel of the Lord spoke to me and said, come to my house, eat and drink. Okay. So while he's at the table, eating and drinking, the Lord spoke to the old prophet and told him, I told you not to eat and drink and not even come back the way that you came because he listened to man and wanted to please a man which said he was a prophet he ended up dying what am I saying to you God is a merciful God but if he send you the Holy Spirit to help you and you ain't listening to him you can be at death door when God tell you no he means no Evidently, no mean, I got another plan for you. Amen. Not what you plan, but I need for you to wait on me. That's why the Bible said, be still and know that I'm God. See, every decision that man tell us we have to make, and if we don't make it right now, this is what's going to happen. What we got to do is say, wait a minute, God, you're my final authority. You have the final word in my life. You heard what they said. Now, I want you to tell me what you're saying today. I want to be still, and I want to hear you today. I don't heard man. But I need to hear what you're saying to me, God. Because what man is saying, it sounds good. And it sounds like it's going to work. But God, you told me that you won't leave me. You won't forsake me. You will be with me even until the end. God, you told me to trust in you with all my heart. Lean not to my own understanding, but acknowledge you in all my ways, and you shall direct my path. So I need some directions. You said you would instruct me. You would teach me. You would guide me with your eye. I need some guidance right now, God. You said a good man's steps are ordered of the Lord. I need my steps to be ordered right now. I'm not moving until you speak. How many? many do that we get overly anxious because when we hear what somebody say we think that's the final word but if God hasn't said it you have to say no disrespect but I'm gonna wait on the Lord because you heard him say wait I say he said be of a good courage and wait me. So God want us to wait on him to hear what he has to say because guess what? He's our father. And now since we're citizens of the kingdom, we have to hear what the kingdom have to say first. We have to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things and then all of these things shall be added unto us. So we don't want man to get in our way of doing what God is telling us to do because when man get in our way, man will fail you. He said, put no trust in man. And, y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. When me and my husband got married, that was an idol. Lord have mercy, he was idol. Didn't know it until I got born again and really start knowing Jesus. I loved that man over there, wanting to follow him everywhere, races and all. He wanted me to stay home. I just found out not too long ago. But my feelings wasn't hurt, y'all. He said, I didn't want you to go. Oh, okay. I thought we was buddies. I thought I had a friend. But there was another reason why he didn't want me to go. He said, too many men out there. You need to stay home. Why don't you stay home? Anyway, God told me, he said, you idolizing your husband. You putting your husband before you put me. Everything he say is gold. Ah, oh, come on, guy. But the more I got in here, whoo, he knows. My husband left me a note and said, I forgot about him. I ain't forgot about you. I cooked. I cleaned for you. I done the wifely duty. But hey, I know what I need. You better leave me in here while I'm in here. Because if I come out of here, I might go back to Jezebel. Y'all think I'm playing. See, I know that Jezebel spirit. Because when the Lord told me, I had, see, I had to get into the good book to recognize what I was doing. Sometimes you get so used to what you're doing, you don't recognize what you're doing. Come on, when you get so stuck on you and you being right, everybody around you can't tell you nothing. That's pride. And where pride is, there's a fall. Pride exalts itself. Where pride is, there's destruction. A humble person would listen. A prideful person. You can't tell me. I know. Nothing. But see, the Lord let me know. You got to let go of all of this. And you got to come to me. You got to depend on me. You got to be totally dependent upon me. And y'all, when I got to that place with God, only thing I want to do was eat and breathe God. Amen. Eat the word, breathe the word. Only thing I wanted to be was about the word. Because yeah. I knew what I needed was the word. But God said, put your house in order. Right. He said, it's me, it's your husband, it's your children, and then it's the church. It we got some houses out of order here, y'all. Yeah. We're trying to be man pleasers in the church, but our home is tore You don't even want to speak to your husband. You don't want to speak to your wife. You don't want to cook and you don't want to clean. But you come into church with a broom. I remember it was a a young lady. And the husband had inboxed me. I said, oh, Lord, what in the world going on now? He started out and he said, they've been coming to your church for a long time. I'm like, oh, Jesus, what else is he going to say? You know how you just want to get through the whole text. I said, let me just take my time. He said, and I know it ain't you. He said, because I heard your tapes. (laughs) I'm like, huh? He said, you told him, don't feed me if you don't feed your husband. (laughs) Don't be trying to clean in here if you can't clean your own house. He said, so I know it ain't you. And they ain't doing what they are supposed to do in this house. But I'm just letting you know, you told them what to do, and they still refusing to do it. I said, thank you, Lord. I ain't in that one. <laughs> but he, he still needs some ministering to. <laughs> so this is what I'm telling you. When you start out right, you end up right. Miracle Temple, you know I tell y'all, don't be, bring me no food and you ain't cook none at home. You ain't going to have me bloated in the church and your husband looking sickly. <laughs> that don't work. Come on, I was raised right. Sister married daddy. Grandmama would have her husband plate on the table. He'd be out there in the field. She'd be, all through. Time to eat all through. I'm like, look like this man. Come on in this house. <laughs> but she had his plate on the table. She made sure he had what he needed. The clothes was washed. The house was clean. What's happening to these upbringings today? Kids watching TV, don't want to vacuum, don't want to help do nothing. And there you are with the vacuum cleaner. Can you hold up your feet, baby? <laughs> can you turn the game off for just a moment so I can hear on the phone? Fo- What's wrong, folks? <laughs> They're in the house watching you wash dishes they using your 65-inch screen to play their games, and now you they're sending you to your room. Using your electricity. And they're going to ask you, Mama, Mama dearest, Daddy, can you go to McDonald's and get me a burger? Sure, son. Sure, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't raised that way. You didn't sit in the house up on the air conditioned. Matter of fact, you had none. You had a fan in the window. And Granddaddy wouldn't let that blow too long because he said it run up the light bill. Then you got an air conditioner they put it in the window. You had to stay in one room. And then once you eat, if they heard you in the kitchen, what you doing in the kitchen? You didn't put stay in there this is what's happening to young girls do you know what guys do today they get them pregnant then they go fill out for some special help then the guys sneak over there at night making sure they ain't seen and say that's their house nobody don't want to hear this nobody don't want to hear this Says if you raise a child, help me out. Hello. Command, I mean, c- cannon stuff. You had to go in the blueberry field to get your school clothes. Yes. Grandma even called the blueberry man and say make sure you pick Manda Tree up. Did you have to tell him that? <laughs> yes, she did. Yes, she did. Grandma said, make sure you pick them up. And she said, Don't come back here now that you have these mini trays. Mm. So me and my sister had to have 20-some trays before we come home. You had to show her your tickets. We had them in a sock. You pinned that sock to you. So Grandma said, make sure you pin it well. We come back home and count out them tickets. You better not be shy of what she told you to do. Now, before she sent me in the Blueberry Field, I remember my grandma. She was a little short lady. She would wear these little black pants that we wear now and uh, come to your ankle. Grandma would have me taking the trays while she would pick them. She said, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to pick them, but I want you to take them and get the ticket. I didn't know I was being sought up, Rick. <laughs> I was being sought up because when it was my time, I was little then. When I got older, she sent me out there by myself, me and my sister. We got our first car. i never forget this. Granddaddy, daddy was in our life, but you know what? I thank God. Let me tell you what I thank God about my daddy. He let us stay with his mama and daddy. Hallelujah. He had to make a decision because he knew we were going to get what we needed, right? So granddaddy, we wanted a car. Granddaddy said, I got a car for you. Okay, granddaddy. He said, but you got to go in the blueberry field and uh, pick blueberries and get the water pump fixed. Daddy said, why they got to go pick some blueberries and get a water pump fixed? Why don't you just... He said, leave it alone. What's happening? Granetti did not fall back on the word because anybody told him any different. He said, if the word said it, that's what I'm living by. And I'm not going outside the word. He was not people pleasers. That's why people didn't like him. Because whatever the word said is what he done. So who are we? We're the body of Christ. We make up Christ's body. Every joint supply. But we got some limbs over here that want to live any kind of way and you're saved. And you're affecting the body. That's why you got isms and schisms because the eye right here want to look at a woman but this eye trying to go straight and it's (laughs) cross-eyed. This is in the body of Christ. One eye looking this way and another eye trying to be straight and we're cross-eyed. And you wonder why people don't want to come have service with you? Because you got one eye this way and one eye that way. And you got a limp. Because you still want to please man. You got people pleases in the church and you got God pleases in the church we go on let me move on to another one we see the prophet the prophet died right so God is showing you all of this to let you know that these people were pleasing man instead of pleasing God and this is what's happening today in the church we want to please man more than we want to please God and we're stagnated meaning that we're not moving we're crying out to God God, I need this and I need that. And God said, wait a minute, you don't even know me. Because you should already know I have given you everything that you need. He said, you ask, you shall receive. You seek, you shall find. You knock, the door is always open to you, baby. He said, but the problem is, some of y'all are afraid to come to me. Because you have come out of sync with me. Because you're doing things that you should not be doing. And you're feeling guilt and condemnation from that, but that's not coming from me. That's coming from the way that you're living and the way that you choose to live. Y'all, everything that look good ain't good. Amen. This is why no matter how much your flesh wants something, you got to live according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. When the flesh begins to jump out at something, you got to say, uh uh-uh, hold up. I got to hear what the spirit have to say. And the spirit of the living God will stop you. He will let you know, uh-uh, it's not the time. Y'all, we hear God, but some of us can't hear him as well because it's so low. Because we allow the world to rule over what he's saying. We have to stop and listen. And we have to learn to wait. So the reason why we can't live according to the word is that we want to be people pleasers. Guess what? I got a few more for you, but we're going to continue that next week. So we want to be people pleasers. How can we stop being people pleasers? By being God pleasers. How can I be a God pleaser? By living again according to his word. And why am I going to live according to his word? Because I know the word of God never, ever, ever will fail. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the, wor- the word will not fail. It will last forever. Y'all, we're in it, but we're not of it. Meaning that when we got born again, Our spirit got saved. That's where the life of God is in your spirit. Your soul, your mind, your will and emotions did not get saved. So that's why we have to renew our mind. That's why Romans tell us to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And by renewing your mind, you'll be able to accept. You'll be able to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is. You will never be able to prove that if you never renew your mind. And we want to renew our mind according to the word of God. And as we do that, the body will follow. If you are not renewing your mind, you're living according to who you were in the world. You're being adapted to the customs of the world, the patterns of the world. How do I know this? Because some people are still doing what they used to do in the world. Does that mean that God does not love you? No. But that what you're doing was not acceptable to God this is why Jesus died on your behalf so once we renew our mind and we know who we are guess what we will begin to live according to what the word is telling us to do but even in not renewing your mind that new nature in you will help you to live according to God's way of doing things we have no excuse And the only way that you don't do it, I'm going to say this. We got some reprobates out here. Knowing what to do and refuse to do it and still living under sin when you know what the word of God tells you to do. See, that's why Romans 1 was saying, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation For everyone who believed, the Jews and the Greeks. So we can't be ashamed. Some of us are ashamed of the gospel because we know when we really bring out the gospel, check this out the gospel is the good news concerning the kingdom. I'm gonna give y'all a nugget here. You don't have to tell nobody they're going to hell. We're supposed to be presenting the good news of the kingdom. Now, sometimes we'll come out and say, You're going to hell. (laughs) Cause we fed up come on let's be honest I'm gonna prove it to you in scripture we get mad at people and say you know you hell bound you know where you going and I'm gonna be the first victim I was talking to somebody on the phone and they said they had it right I said excuse me yeah I, I, I'm going to be with Jesus when I leave him I said uh, really they said, yeah I said have you accepted Jesus they said yes I have and they were still doing the same old thing just a different day so I said let me ask you a question if you truly accepted Jesus why are you still living the way that you're living yeah well yeah 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 you right on that one you right on that right one I said cause if you truly accept Jesus the way you living is not acceptable ain't no way you can live like that and you accepted Jesus so they are going back and forth I said listen here you going to hell <laughs> I had to repent. (laughs) I'm only human. I'm just a woman. I sure did. But then I repented. And I had to go back to Romans 1 and what Romans 1 said. After Paul told them he's not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. Meaning that the gospel has power to heal, deliver, deliver. And set free. That's what salvation is. It has the power for all of that. So when the gospel of Christ is preached, there is healing, there's deliverance, there's prosperity, all of that. There's peace. All of that comes through the gospel because it gives you the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. So God is given his way of doing through Jesus Christ. But then he said, but the wrath of God is revealed. How is it revealed? Because there's an intuitive knowledge. Already in sinners, they already know about ungodliness and unrighteousness. They already know they're going to bust hell wide open. So when we present the good news, the gospel, concerning the kingdom, guess what end up happening? That end up stirring up that law, that unrighteousness, and where they're saying, I do need a savior. So we don't have to tell people they're going to hell. It's already in them. So we don't have to preach hell. We don't. We just preach gospel of the kingdom. People not hearing gospel in the kingdom about his goodness, about his mercy, about his grace. Who want to hear about hell all the time? They know they're going to burn. But let's tell them about the goodness of Jesus. What he done for you. So he didn't create hell for you. Come on, we need the gospel. Come on, we get mad at people and say, burn. If you want to burn, burn. Hell is where the maggots and stuff don't even die. We do that to scare them. But that's not what we're supposed to do. They already know, and can I tell you this? I'm going to leave you with this. Atheists. Remember how they say they don't believe God? give you an example. This man said that this atheist he was doing a bible study and he was bringing people to christ through what he was teaching so the atheist coming in there and start asking him all kind of questions and he couldn't answer those questions and he took the people out with him laughing so he said he was so hurt because he knew that he was reaching people through the gospel he said but as soon as them bombs start going off in vietnam so that atheist came back to him and said i know there's a god Say, because he was over there when the bombs was going off, saying, God help me, God help me. People know there's a God through his creation. That's in the Bible. So don't let no atheist fool you. Some people say they're atheists because something has terribly happened in their life, and they say if God was there, it wouldn't happen. That's why they go atheist on us. But when you tell them, y'all, people need to know the goodness of Jesus. It's too many hurting people out here to keep condemning them. God wants us to love them with the everlasting love. That's what draw them. We can't keep putting people down because let me tell you something. None of us could keep the law. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You may have gotten over lying, but guess what? You stealing. Then there may be a person that's committing adultery, but you lying. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. So we don't grade on the curve. We bring people back by letting them know what he's done. Not what they have to do. You can tell them all day long, quit fornicating. Yeah, that is good to tell them to quit fornicating. But when you tell them, you don't have to live that life. Because he made a way for you. When you give them the love of God, the love of God does what? can scream them it does so let's talk about his love more we got too many people leaving here without knowing about his goodness his mercy his loving kindness his compassion Jesus walked amongst the sinners and showed them love Jesus healed people even when they weren't worth leprosy he healed a leper that was the love of God the woman that had the issue of blood He healed that woman that had that issue of blood. The woman that they brought to him that committed adultery. Guess what he did? He forgave her. He didn't hold that against her. He said, where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. That was mercy. You should have been stoned. But I'm giving you something that you did not deserve. I'm giving you my grace. That's what we're supposed to do. So the reasons why we don't live according to the word, number one, We try to please man more than we try to please God. So let's get into the word of God. Know what the word of God is saying for us today. And not only hear it, but let's do it. And that way we can live with one another. Amen. Amen. Come on and give God glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. He is so good, isn't he? He's so merciful. He's so mighty. He is God and God alone. This gentleman right here beside the lady in the blue dress, could you step up here, please?